What was our intro? We're figuring it out. <laughs> <laughs> Um, this is Kaylin. And my name's Sabrina. And this is Soft Mask Podcast. It's been two weeks since uh, we've hung out. A little bit different of a atmosphere. Last time we had drinks and it was nighttime. Now it's like a, a morning stream. So I hope you have your coffee. I guess this is more of an appropriate uh, on your way to work <laughs> podcast. Or your morning run is going well. Oh, yeah, yeah. I did see some people running and listening, so I love that. Um, how have your past two weeks been? Um, honestly, great. Um, unfortunately, I am finishing an eight-day stretch today, so a little tired. But that's okay. I am about to go on a little vacation, so that's nice. Um, I don't know if I'd call it vacation, but I'm going to see... Uh, Jackie's family and um, we're just gonna be there for a few days and then I get to spend the rest of it in my house doing chores oh my gosh <laughs> no that's good are you doing like a like a reset like a not necessarily a, a reset more of a Jackie's been asking me for the last year to do some things and now I finally have time honeydews honeydews <laughs> got it got it <laughs> that's funny um, so you're gonna go on your trip and then come back in a few days? Yeah. Yeah, nothing crazy. Um, but it'll, it'll be nice to get a little rest, not think about work for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I've been working and I'm new at my job and so it's just been a, a good time. I haven't had a new job in a long time, so it's interesting, it's interesting. So I'm on a three day uh, break as well right now and um, soaking it in and if my boss listens to this, hello. Uh, hopefully he doesn't, but he might. He might. I don't know. I did tell him about it, and um, he's rooting for us. I love so, that. Yeah. So, I love him so much. You know, we talked about last time, right after we got done uh, with our podcast, we said, oh, we didn't talk about our namesake. We did not. <laughs> yep. We talked about everything under the sun but that. I feel like uh, I'm going to do all these polls on Instagram, and one of my new polls is going to be like, do you know what soft mask means? <laughs> Everyone in the community probably does. I hope so, but I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure it could be news for some people. Yeah. Yeah. So how would you describe it? Soft mask. Well, um somebody who is um I like to use the term broy a lot. Bro. Somebody on the broy kind of um uh spectrum. I think appearance-wise, but is just a very soft person on the inside. Very, uh, without using the word soft, I guess just um, almost dainty. In tune with their feminine side. In tune with their feminine side. I like that. So, so I don't know if you know this, but soft mask is, I think, uh, trending on TikTok right now, too. Really? Not because of us. Maybe one day because of us. Maybe. We'll but <laughs> right now it's because um, people in the community think that there's not enough uh, masculine people out there. Um, they're all being snatched up, which I guess both of us are, are snatched <laughs> up. So that makes sense. Um, so for me, it's like, um, more of a, I think like an attitude. Mm. Yeah. Cause it's like, yes, it's very much, mm, maybe not an attitude, but like, 
a way to push against the norm, right? Because mm -hmm. in the past there were like femmes and they were like butches, but I don't like the word butch. I don't like that word either. I don't like either. it. Someone told me the other day they said, you look real butchy. And I was like, wow, I'm so offended. That felt like a slur. Stop. Yes. How dare you? And I said, um, please stop talking to me. I never want to hear from you ever again. Period. And that's okay. If you like butchy and you like looking butchy, then all power for you. But it's more of like a, a way to push against the grain for me. Like, yes, outside I am masculine, but don't let that like fool you. Um, because also I feel like when you're um, butchy, you fall into a lot of like male stereotypes Ugh, and it's the worst and i'm like no no and don't get me wrong you know i'm not a girl i'm non-binary and so obviously i'm not a woman but i'm like i'm definitely not a man mm -hmm. <laughs> don't put me in those stereotypes so yeah i think it's a way to push back and um kind of make our own i guess label i guess I just like living kind of in the in this gray area. Um, I don't know. I growing up, I really really loved hanging out with my um, female friends. Not not for like any weird purpose. Just I liked being around girls too. Like just hanging out, doing girl things, yeah. doing it up. But then I also liked hanging out with my bros. Yeah. Like I loved hanging out with my bros, and I loved having this really like. Um, different end of the spectrum because i don't think anybody in any way ever tried to like put me in a box per se yeah but it was nice that um like everybody just kind of understood that i yeah i might look the way that i look but you don't have to like treat me in any specific way per yeah. se um the guys were always super nice with me but still like included me as a bro and the girls were just always still like like comfortable yeah. yeah so it was it was just a nice experience and it was this just this great area that i didn't see a lot of people in yeah because there was like definitely the extreme end of the of either spectrum too that i experienced um and a lot of a lot of people around me that were very much very butch and um they definitely liked being in, in those kind of roles just for me it's you know i'm a strong independent woman is the way i view it but if there is a, a man around, yeah, <laughs> they can do it. If you can lift that heavy object for me, I would greatly appreciate it. Yeah. Because my back also sucks. Oh my gosh. Not not us getting old. It's okay. We're, we're going to age like fine wine. It's fine. 100%. 100%. You know, the other thing for me is the fact that um, I started falling in love with this a label for better sense because... I was always fairly masculine growing up, but I was never like kind of invited to the to the bro scene. You know? Oh what I mean? man, you missed out. I know, I know. And people would be like, you know, um, Abby is also fairly on the masculine side. And even when we first met and we were both fairly feminine, all of my friends would still say, Oh, Abby's Abby's a bro and I'd be like, I wanna be a bro. Why can I never be a bro? And not it used phone. to bother me. It used to bother me because I was like, why am I not invited to these spaces? Like, you know, I talk the same and um, have the same conversations. And so I think this idea of like also 
like yes you're masculine but maybe you don't fit into the bro scene and that's okay that's okay but you can still like be your own so you know i realized um i don't know your coming out story oh wow yeah we're hitting it real deep today. Yeah, are we? Is it too early? No, I mean, that's okay. That's okay. Um, I think I'm, um, gosh, I hate saying the word lucky. Yeah. But I know a lot of people don't have like a really great coming out story. Yeah. Um, but I, I came out when I was 15. Mm-hmm. Um, very young. Um, I mean, I just... I just always knew, like, I just didn't feel that way about guys. Yeah. Um, and it just got to a point where it was like, I'm tired of pretending. Mm -hmm. Like, there's just a lot of pressure and it's exhausting to have these fake conversations and be ingenuine about things. And, um, I just decided one day to actually talk to my aunt who's in in LA um and I talked to her first because I just I just felt like at that time she'd probably been the person in my family that was exposed to it the most being in LA yeah. so it felt like a, a comfortable and a safe space um and she was super supportive um and she did tell me she was like i think you should tell your mom your mom is going to be 100 percent fine with it and going to love you and she was like you don't have anything to worry about it um my mom is her older sister she was just like we're, we're talking about your mom here like yeah she's one of the most liberal people i've ever met you're gonna be okay like yeah. it's gonna be fine yeah and I was like, okay, but it's scary. Like, even if you feel like you know your parents and you, you know your family, like, you just don't, you don't know. Especially at 15. Yeah. Yeah. Once you say those words, you can't unsay them, you know what I mean? Like, that's not a, that's not a door you can go back into. Like, that, that's done. Yeah. That book closed. It's the next one. Yeah. Um... So I sat my mom down in the living room and I told my mom, I just let the words fly out of my mouth and I immediately put my hands on my face and I started sobbing because I just didn't know how she was going to react. Yeah. And you told me you're really close to your mom too. Yeah. So. And I mean, immediately she like ran over to the couch, sat next to me and hugged me and she just... She told me she loved me. Yeah. And she just wanted me to be happy. And it was really nice. Yeah. It was really nice. There wasn't anything else to say. And there and there wasn't. There weren't any other words. That was just it. Yeah. Um, after that, it was just kind of figuring out how I could have friends over at the house. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, like, literally just friends. Yeah. Mom, I'm dating, dating that person. Yeah. This is just a friend. Yeah. But... My mom has always been about being really fair, and I had, you know, my brother who's a year and a half younger than me, so she wanted to be fair to both of us. Yeah. Um, so I understood that. But, yeah, they were just, that was, that was it. Um, and to this day, she continues to be such a, a big supporter and advocate in my life. Um, both of them do. Um, 
and then slowly kind of started telling the rest of the family. The only people I never had an actual conversation with were my grandmas. Mm, mm-hmm. That one was really, really scary because they're definite. I mean, you know, they're they're my grandparents. Yeah. They're on the older spectrum, um, also Catholic. So it was a terrifying thought to have those conversations, especially with them. Yeah. Um, and and you know, like I said last time, I'm also very close with my grandparents. Yeah. Um, luckily, I got to avoid those conversations. Really? Um, I they know they do. Um, they are supportive and they are happy for me and they love me. They love Jackie a lot and super thankful for that. Um, but my mom handled a conversation with my, uh, my grandma on her side, like her mom. And then I believe my aunt on my dad's side handled the conversation with my grandma there. Yeah. Um, so I never had a, a sit down conversation about it with them. I actually just last year my grandma on my mom's side <clears throat> and I don't I, I don't think anybody knows this either so this is like only Jackie knows yeah. this just we went to go visit my grandma um and we were sitting down in the dining room just kind of talking to her and I don't know what sparked the conversation but actually I think this was two years ago not even last year um, but she started bringing up that she, she knew, mm-hmm. you know, uh, not that it wasn't obvious, like Jackie was the third person that I had brought around the family. Yeah. Um, so she, I guess maybe she wanted to have a formal conversation about it. You know, I don't know. Um, but she, I mean, she just like. She told me about her experience in New York because um, that's where she had spent a good portion of her life before coming to Texas. Yeah. Um, and she was telling me when she was in New York, she worked as a seamstress. Um, and when you work with clothes, you typically kind of sometimes work with guys that like clothes yeah. and maybe like other guys. Yeah. And so it was her first encounter working. Her boss was, was a gay man. Yeah. Um, and she had no idea at first until one time he wanted to fit her in a dress. She was so scared to like undress in front of a man. Absolutely. Right. During that time. And, and he was like, no, honey, I'm not interested. He, right. Right. He was like, oh, no, no. I'm okay. I, I don't want you. Like, I, I'm, I'm okay. Don't yeah. worry about it. Safe space. Yeah. Um, and it was just so funny hearing her talk about it, but she was just like, I loved that man. He was such a great man. And from that point on, if that's how, if that's what made somebody happy, I understood that that doesn't change who they are. Yeah. And so she just, she looked at me and she was like, Mija, whatever makes you happy, I am already so proud of you. And I love you so much. You couldn't do anything, anything that would make me think less of you. Wow. So. That's awesome because a lot of people, you know, a lot of people struggle with their, their parents. And even more people never get a chance to tell their grandparents. Yeah. And so that's like, and a lot of times it's like, 
you know, my grandma knows, but we don't talk about it. Or right, right. And so the fact that like you can have this like matriarch, you know, say like you're okay, you know, like our family is still good, like we're we're good, you know, that's powerful. Yeah, I mean, just like I said, I'm I don't like using the word because it's really I don't think it's a word that should have to be used in the community. I I wish everybody could be as loved as I felt. Yeah, you know by my given family, yeah. not, not my chosen family, you know? Yeah. I wish everybody could experience that. Yeah. Um, so it was, I'm lucky, and I understand that. And it, I love my family. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I think we had opposite experiences, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, I also came out when I was 15, and I was so nervous because I had would have these like theoretical conversations with my mom probably since the time I was like 12. I'd be like, well, what if I like girls? And she'd be like, you don't, you don't like girls. And I'd be like, but you don't know. And in reality, like my best friend when I was seven, she was my first kiss. And you know, and of course at the time we were like, let's just, we're best friends. Let's just get it over with. Um, And then we can tell everybody we've already had a first kiss and nobody has to know the details of it, right? And I I think when I came out is when I started resenting my family, unfortunately. Um, I never truly like sat down and had a conversation. I actually just brought this girl home that I was talking to who was obviously on the more masculine side and she came over and after she left my mom called me into the living room and the conversation was very like so this is this is what you're doing and i was like well yeah it is and she was like okay well immediately went into like i don't want it in my house i don't want to see it i don't want to know about it i don't want to hear about it if this is what you're gonna do it can't be anywhere near me and i'd be like okay and then I almost, I, you can almost say like, I went back into the closet. I, everyone around me already knew. People had known for years, like everyone at school. I actually had a family friend who, when I was 13, I ended up staying with them. And these were my mom's best friends. I stayed with them while my mom and my stepdad at the time went out of town. And I unfortunately had emergency surgery while they were gone. And so I was in the hospital and the dad of this family brought me cherry chapstick and said like that Katy Perry song, essentially kind of alluding to the fact that he knew and he was okay with it. Mm -hmm. And it was like a beacon of light. And so it was like, it was hard because literally everyone but my family knew for the longest time. And then I, you know, I was still in high school and I went back to, to dating boys. Cause I was like, I'll try for my mom, you know? And then I started telling people, um, you know, in high school and college, I'll date girls, but in the long run, I will probably marry a man. I'll marry a man and I'll have a white picket fence and a dog and a cat and a son and a daughter. And it was so like, I'll be what my mom wants me to be. I'll be the American dream or whatever, right? And then it just, didn't happen and then my mom would even have these like 
for some would probably be a strange conversation but i i see now as an adult like my mom was trying to make sure that if it was a choice i was making the right choice because she'd be like well if it's about intimacy you should really be with an older man because boys don't know what they're doing and i'd be like i'm 18 i'm 19 mm-hmm. and she but she encouraged it because she was like i just want to make sure that like you make the right decisions and i was like okay well and i almost got married to a man i know new new Whoa. history yeah i almost got married to a man and um i was so comfortable with the fact that i probably would never love anybody i would probably never love a man that this man literally told me i'm going to marry you but i will probably never be in love with you and i was okay with it i was okay with it and obviously that ended and i went on with my life and i'm now definitely not living yes i have a white picket fence around my house (laughs) but (laughs) um you know i have a wife and you know it's good things but for the longest time me and my mom uh still didn't talk about it and even into my 20s there was a time where me and abby took a little break and my mom jumped on it so fast she was like i have i have this uh um i have this friend who has a son and i was like what the heck like no which actually made it even harder because when i got older i realized that there are men that i am attracted to which just makes it like twice as hard because i think growing up in a family where they're like this is a choice this is a choice and that's what you do and then you fight for so long you say it's not a choice right this is who i am and then to grow up and realize oh things aren't set in stone like you can grow and you can change just made it that much harder so then i like feel like i'm always coming out right and then of course i had to come out as non-binary and i didn't do that till i was oh gosh what year is it um 25 i think yeah so i didn't come out as non-binary until i was 25 and my mom's still not on board with that and well she is she's getting there but like everyone else is like so supportive but yeah no i understand you saying like you wish like coming out wasn't even a thing i do feel like the new generation isn't gonna be like that i agree with that i have so many friends who have kids and they're like they don't need to tell me whoever they bring home at any time in their life is just who they bring home like straight people don't say this is my girlfriend you know right or like this is my boyfriend and by the way i'm i'm straight (laughs) you know i will say though i think this new generation that's coming up um i think all of us gay people are scared to have straight kids (laughs) is that weird is that weird to say um i know a lot of people that are like my kid is straight jokingly obviously but i just think like what do i what do i do with a straight kid same thing as like what do i do with a son like we're too like (laughs) i don't i don't know it's been a conversation that i've always had with abby i'm like what would we do if we had a son like i don't know what to teach a boy but i actually told someone this the other day (laughs) i told someone this the other day and they were like well you know my boyfriend was raised by all women and honestly he's like the best man i've ever met and i was like oh 
Right. We can like raise a son without toxic masculinity. Okay, we got right, this. We're fine. Right. We're fine. So, yeah, I mean, my brother for a long time in in the house, you know, my mom was a single mom for a, a, a long period and it was me and her. Yeah. Poor dude had me, you know what I mean? Um and I just think it just made him a more understanding human and and less of kind of the the toxic masculinity appeals, you know. Um, the, it's the lore with my dad is definitely um, a long backstory, and I, I know we've had those conversations, yeah. and we'll get into that eventually, um, but. Um, and actually my, both my mom and my dad have been, they listened to the first episode. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Supportive. I love that. Yeah. Um, so my, uh, and I, I don't mean it with any, uh, disrespect. There's definitely been a, a lot of learnings along the way. Um, but my dad not having been able to be around for, um, long periods of time, I think uh that allowed my brother to be really himself yeah um, without the hard pressures of what people thought at the time being being a boy being a man man right um i love my brother i think he's a phenomenal human being um and i think as he's gotten older um sometimes it was hard for him to like regulate his emotions and learn how to navigate all that but as we've really gotten older he's just very much learned to understand what his piece is and where he can set boundaries with people yeah and he's gotten a lot better at it um but he's just not he's not into that that bullshit yeah he's just not and he's really quick to shut somebody down when they say any stupid kind of toxic masculinity kind of bullshit yeah and it's just it's it's crazy it's it's wild to see and it shouldn't be wild to see um but there's just a lot of people that don't because of the way their their dads are or maybe their uncles or whoever they're around they get these really ugly concepts in their health in their in their um you know in their mindset so i mean yeah and see, I grew up with two brothers, and, you know, my mom was a single mom, too, until I was 10, I think, and um, my brothers are older than me, and so, like, well, I have one brother who's 10 years older and one brother who's 7 years older, so by the time there was a, a man in our house again, they were already out, or on their way out, and so, like, they didn't really have, um, you know, I grew up with a stepdad, but they didn't, they grew up with my my mom's husband right because it's all different so there was no like pressure that they felt from him but you know they have a different dad and I just wonder like if there was any of that on them because I don't know that side of their family very well but having a house with just like your mom but at the same time there's this weird thing that I think happened with my mom is because she grew up and she grew into this like you know strong independent woman and it's i felt like for a while it was almost hard for her to 
take those reins back away too, mm-hmm. right? To also say like people can do things for you. Right. And so I also think that that's like, that pressure was still probably put on my brothers because my mom was like, if I can do it, like you can do it. Mm-hmm. As a growing boy, if me, a woman who works 60 hours a week comes home, tiles the whole house, you know, you can also do it. And so, I mean, everything's pressure, right? Right. Everything is pressure. And I, I just, I also think that's why I like this podcast because I feel like there is no pressure between us. Mm-hmm. Like we, there's pressure in our everyday lives, right? There's pressure from our families. There's, there's much needed pressure in your relationship to move, have it moving forward, right? But like to have a place where you can just come and be yourself and like have an honest conversation and maybe get a little emotional or like cry or laugh or I'm sure we'll have some conversations where we don't agree and that's okay because it's like, you know, I wanted a like a no pressure zone. Right. Because there's so much pressure in your life. And so I really like that. I like where this is going. I like, um, I don't know, I like these, these serious conversations. I also feel like as a, as a masculine person, yes, we were raised obviously very feminine, but we still came out on the more masculine side. I feel like those pressures almost fall into who we are too. And so for the longest time, I was taught that like being emotional wasn't okay especially if you're masculine because i'm like first off that's what you tell boys and that's not okay either but also to tell someone who dresses masculine or looks masculine or gives off a more masculine persona i don't think that that is fair because we should all be able to regulate our feelings right we should all be able to just show up who we are so well, I don't even, I mean, yeah, you, you definitely see the extreme pressure for men. You don't, you know, you don't cry, that kind of stuff. But um, I think for me growing up in like a Latin family, yeah, um, it was just very much, we don't talk about our feelings. And that's how we it was when I was... <laughs> like a oh my gosh just speaking of that because i think i actually told you one time we had a conversation where i was like i sometimes in my family i feel like a mix of both mirabel's sisters mm-hmm. her older sisters both lisa and isabel um i understand both of the pressures yeah um one just never having being weak and always being the strong one always um you know, er, the, the person that everybody goes to and then the other one just being perfect all the time. Yeah. Um, like, you, you're not allowed to have a crack in that system. I identify heavily with those. Um, I did, I did feel like a lot of times I was put on this very high pedestal for my family because I was the first grandbaby, baby, the, the, the first, you know, kiddo, um, and the the only, the first and the only grandkid to go to college. Um, I had the good grades. I had the positive motivations and, and I'm ambitious and I didn't, you know, I didn't ever go off course and was, was always just a very straight edge person. So I felt those pressures. Like I felt it. And for a long time, I didn't know how to communicate to everybody that I don't, 
want all of that pressure yeah and that they don't need to put those unnecessary pressures on me like i i'm not always perfect and that's okay yeah i make mistakes we all do yeah um just because i've made some decent choices in my life doesn't make me any better than any of my other cousins yeah or my brother and i really got to see how that affected my brother growing up too because my brother just didn't have the same good grades or the Mm -hmm. same ambitions as me and he was he never did anything bad my brother was a good kid too it's just when you're looking at all the things people measure as success Mm -hmm. there was just people would look at me and then look at him and even in our family sometimes i felt like they would look at me and look at him and compare us constantly yeah and it got to a point one time where my brother was so upset he told me he just he hated he hated being constantly compared to me and it didn't put him in a place where he hated me but almost like i was just an annoyance in his life yeah um and at that point that it really struck me and this was probably like end of high school around end of high school for both of us and we were only a grade apart so like maybe my senior year or maybe my first year in college and then the equivalent of of what he would have been in at that time yeah it was when we had that conversation because at that point you know he had been going through it almost his whole life yeah um and he was just like i'm not you and i want everybody to stop treating me like i'm you i don't want the same things that you want and as no matter how hard i try sometimes i just can't do the same things that you do and it really it was it was jarring like to hear that i i didn't want my brother to look at me like that um and so i told him i was like you don't have to be me i don't want you to be me yeah um And you know what? If everybody's going to be so down your throat all the time, I don't want to be another person. I just want what's best for you. And yeah, at the time, in that time and place, everybody just thought going to college was that measure of success, right? That was the right thing to do. Yeah. And I was like, I will be your number one advocate then. I, I won't. I won't be another person in the family telling you to do that just because I did it. Yeah. I mean, I have a college degree and what do I show for it at this point, you know? <laughs> no, you do great. You're, no, sure. Does your degree in line directly with what you do? No, but I think that's like the, that's the thing. Is anybody using their degree for, unless you're like a surgeon or a lawyer, all these other degrees, let's be honest, truly just show an employer that you can stick to something. But also as, so, So I grew up really fast and I did not go to college, right? Because I got really sick when I was 19 in my first semester of college. Um, I got equivalent to what a brain tumor is. And my doctor told me, you know, we don't know if this is going to come back and we don't know if it's going to get better. And so I thought if I only have two more years of my life left, I'm not going to spend it in a college classroom. And granted, yes, as an older person now, I'm like, do I wish I went to college so that I could be making like a couple thousand dollars more? Sure. Yes. But there's still time. Like, and the other thing is when I, because I didn't go 
straight into college after that, you know, I started working and I picked up a management position by the time I was 20. And then I thought, oh, I'm 20. I have to be, I have to be hard. I have to be like very serious because I'm 20 and I'm a manager and everyone is twice as old as me. And if I'm not serious, I won't be taken seriously. And so I became this like very serious person at a time in people's lives where they're usually like having fun and partying. And then I took a step away for a couple of years from being a manager. And it's almost like life is catching up to me. Now I'm like, now I wanna be a silly person and I'm okay with that. Like I wanna have, I wanna have fun and I wanna dance at work. And you know, I was just in a leadership role where I had leaders who allowed me to, yes, I could be serious, but I can also be emotional and I could be silly and I could be all these other things. And honestly, I feel like it makes you, when you can be who you are, especially as a leader or anybody in your work or your life, um, it makes you more genuine and it makes people gravitate towards you more and open up to you more instead of just being like this, this rock of like, you're gonna take me seriously because I'm your boss and that's how it's gonna go. And so like, yes, it had its benefits, but also I feel like sometimes it's hard for me now because I still have to remind myself like I can be a boss and still be silly. Be a human. Exactly. Be a human. Exactly. Um, I've always told myself, and actually like my jump into doing leadership, I had been doing like a just associate entry level hourly role for like four years yeah. in my first job. And I had no interest of going into leadership. Rip. <laughs> literally one of the best leaders I've ever met I don't want to go into leadership <laughs> I appreciate that um I I did not I didn't and it took uh one person to come into the department um as our new boss and she literally took me to the side and was like you do you realize you're like kind of good at what you do and I feel like you'd kind of be good at this too like yeah. on another level yeah and I was like I was 19, I was in college. I was like, I mean, I guess if you say so. Yeah. I had like a skunk line through my hair at the time. <laughs> like a blonde. And that's what she, she called it too. And she's one of my Stop. best friends today. That's that's my bromance. Oh my god. My bromance. Not the skunk line. Yeah. I also and she was like, that, if it makes you feel better. I, I'm glad that everybody <laughs> went through that phase. Um, she was like, I think you could do this. Just shave the skunk line out of your hair. Yeah. And I was like, okay, say less. Like, if you feel that strongly about it, I'll do it. Yeah. One of the best decisions, you know, I ever made. And because somebody really pushed me and believed in me to do it, um, it, it changed my career path. It changed the way I looked at things. Um, and I... I've had like such a handful of great leaders that I've gotten to learn from since then. Um, from from Brittany, I was the person that found me and, and encouraged me to do so. To Paola, to Anna, to Colleen, to Victor. Yeah. And even more leaders that I have now. Um, just all amazing people that in different ways reminded me 
like you you can do this yeah you can do this but just just be you be be human like yeah. i think one of the best um two of the best things really that i i got to learn one Brittany told me like the first thing she ever told me was do not ever ask your team to do something you yourself are not willing to do mm-hmm. and i said heard i say that in an interview every time now i go somewhere when somebody asks how my leadership style is i tell them i just live i literally live by that line mm-hmm. i'm just not why would i tell somebody to do something that i wouldn't be okay with doing Absolutely. myself that already sounds sketchy like if you're if you're operating like that yeah and then um colleen taught me um you know there's this illusion that as people get higher up they kind of forget that the people on the ground or the closest to the operations are they look at them like numbers less mm-hmm. of people and i don't ever want that yeah. i don't ever want to forget that those people are people yeah like they have lives that guy just led with such passion and never forgot yeah that everybody in the operation in the nitty-gritty is a human yeah he would fight for their hours when it was dead slow he would um just fight for every last little thing to make their um quality of life better anything he could do and it was just it was a great thing to see. Like, how many times do you really see people do that? Like, how powerful? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and the thing is, is you can always see a CEO walk by and tell someone to do something. But I think it's always nice when you see a CEO walk by and, like, pick up the trash himself. You know? Like, I think it really sets the tone for everybody. The job I'm at right now, I'm really going to spill a little bit of tea. But not bad tea. Just, you know, it, it's hard. I went from a company that is very close-knit and I saw all of leadership all the time to a company where I still only know confidently like you know like 10 people and I was walking through my job and someone said hey Kaylin and I looked at them and I had no idea who they were and I was like hey and then I asked someone and it was the assistant director of HR rough and I was like I've never had a conversation with that person I've never met that person. I'm glad they know my name, but like, I didn't know they, who they who they were. And that's not like a dig on anybody or anything, but it's just like, yeah, you get into these big corporate worlds and they're not, like they're not, that's not their focus. And it's hard because we are all human. We all have our own story and we all have our own things going on. And I think that's why you specifically helped me learn that I could lead as a, more sensitive person and a more emotional person and i find it as a strength now and i'm i'm proud of it because you just don't there's people who are there and they show you you're there and they can be there with you and then there's people who are very like i'm here if you need me and there's a time and a place for all those different people but i i enjoy being a person who's very like I'm here. I'm going to go with this. I'm going to go through this with you. And we'll come out stronger, both of us. And so I think that's that's really cool. Obviously, you know that you are one of the people who found me and changed my career path. I don't think I knew what I was going to do with my life um, when we first talked about it. 
And for those of you who don't know, because I just think this is such a funny story. When Sabrina, so I was working at our company first and Sabrina started working there and I was like, who is this girl? I do not. <laughs> I'm like, she's coming in here and she's changing everything and like, who even is she? And uh, obviously I got a swift kick in the butt pretty quickly and um, now here we are. But I just think it's funny how life throws things at you and you can be so stuck in your ways. And so, like, angry, I guess? I think you also taught me to let a lot of things go, too, which is such an important lesson. Yeah, I think too many people, like, take things too personally at work. Um, you just can't, because then you can't live your life outside of work. Mm -hmm. Like, then work things are living in your head rent-free at that point. Yeah. And I, I just, I refuse. That's why, like, um... I was telling somebody the other day, um, one of one of my team members, um, because they were they were under the impression that I didn't like them. Oh no! <laughs> and I was like, "Look, I, I don't not like you. I, I love everybody on this team. Mm -hmm. Truly, truly, I think I can find the positive in everybody. I can. I'm just even if something is frustrating at work, whether it's something a uh, guest did or something an associate did and why would I ever take that personally to go as far as to not like that person yeah what have you ever done to me like to make my life harder yeah I I just okay you called off because you were sick one day okay take care of yourself yeah. like you should yeah you should you're human you're you're literally human it is okay I just I don't, I don't need the justification. I don't need the a thousand apologies. I appreciate you doing it, but you're human. Yeah. Like it's, it's gonna happen. Yeah. I, I would be lying to you if I told you that I hadn't made mistakes to get to where I was, that I hadn't called off sometimes or, you know, like it's gonna happen. Yeah. It's okay. I don't not like anybody at work. That's just, that'd be weird you know so one time someone told me um Kayla and I don't want to like I don't want to offend you or I don't want to make you mad and I'm like if you think that I let the outside world have that much power over my emotions period that's something I need to work on because you know I used to let so many things affect me and then I looked internally and I thought that's a lot of power to give to a person Yep. To change your whole day? You ruined my day? That's a lot of power that you are handing over to a person. And you don't have to. You genuinely don't have to. But also, like... I was going to say something I forgot, but... <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, you don't... It, nothing should give or give you that much power. You're in charge of your own emotions. Um, take care of yourself, like... That, and make mistakes. Yeah, and, and make mistakes. My very first job, I ended up on a last and final for attendance. Oh, rip. I was fired over an attendance fraction. Oh, well. You know, so, and you know what? I had I had another leader who really helped me a lot in the past year, and he told me one time, if you are growing, but you haven't made any mistakes, you are not growing. Yeah. And that's like, people are so afraid to fail, but like, 
failing is literally you getting out of your comfort zone or like learning something new and I just think that's like really powerful because it's like again the pressure right the pressure the need to be perfect the need to be like on a pedestal to be to be young and in charge you almost feel like you can't mess up you can't fail but like failing is literally how you grow as a person and a and a boss and a employee so it's the trauma from toxic work environments <laughs> no i mean just just be real i can't i can't tell you how many times i walk in somewhere and i'm like hey i gotta talk to you do you have a minute and everybody's like what do i do oh god i'm getting fired oh no yeah no that's not that's not what it is yeah even if you did mess up I don't think I've ever once raised my voice at you no. or anybody on this team. Like, what? Yeah. I, that's just not, it's not how I roll. I don't believe that's how a leader should roll. Yeah. Ever. And I don't need you to be perfect. I need you to want to try. Right. And I think that's the biggest thing for everything is like, I just need you to try. And if you try, then you'll get there and then you're still going to fall. You're going to fall, and we're going to be there together, and we're going to help each other, and then I'll probably fall, and, like, that's okay. Like, it's okay, and I just, I don't know. Pressure is such a weird thing. Like, obviously, I know we need it, gravity, but, <laughs> but also, like, not, I don't know. It keeps us growing, but I also feel like, you know, trauma as a whole, like, people... It sounds silly because I feel like a lot of the older generation is like, we weren't as traumatized. And I'm like, well, you just didn't talk about it or you didn't let it show or you were at work. And, you know, for the longest time, I would have never publicly admitted that I had gotten fired for time clock abuse because I was embarrassed. I was young and dumb and thought I was getting away with something. And it like sucks because I think years ago i would have said i i would never admit that i would never talk about that in a job interview i would never tell my associate that i was this careless but i was i was 19 like i was i what really thought i was like cheating the system and everyone gets caught right but again it shows that like i'm human and i made a mistake and now you know i can still be a leader and i can still grow and i can still be a good person but i think it's also like it almost makes you human again to say that you failed this badly as something that you got fired because it like knocks you off that pedestal right like this person is not perfect they made mistakes and i also make mistakes and i think that's important yeah 100 percent. it is i mean Mistakes are, mistakes overall can be a very great thing. You learn from them, you grow from them, and you just, you're better the next day because of it. Absolutely. Um, I think, uh, I will say one of the kind of worst things to come out of toxic work environments is people not, people not giving people a chance when they come into new spaces, mm. kind of, kind of like you how I came in and you out the gate just didn't like me because I had ideas because I wanted to push for all of all of y'all to do better mm -hmm. um, because I just saw the potential right out the gate 
people have such uh, this, I don't know, this like blind spot. Yeah, th well, this mentality that if somebody comes in, they have to prove to me that they know what they're doing. Yeah. I just think it's so crazy. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I get it. It's probably because everybody at one point or another has been burned by getting a, a new leader that they weren't happy with. Um, and could have been for all the right reasons. I've had that. I've had somebody come in as a new leader um, when I thought somebody else deserved it. And that person turned out to be genuinely an awful person. Yeah. So it's hard. It's hard to have somebody new come in and at the gate kind of just trust that they were brought on for all the right reasons. But man, it is, it is the most exhausting thing and i don't like i at this point i just take it on the chin and i just do it yeah because it's fine like i know i can do these things i'm not worried about it um and it's part of building the the relationships and the trust with people but i genuinely think it's like one of the most one of probably one of the worst things that could ever come out of like toxic work environments yeah it just it makes it so hard for people who are genuinely good to come in and thrive um, it, and it, like it is, like yeah. I, I've come into spaces before and I literally a pro at some of these things and somebody just doesn't want to listen to me because they just believe that I'm bananas. Yeah. And you know, I, when I first stepped into a leadership role, there was a lot of people who were mad at me getting that position at me growing. And, um, I don't know if it was you or someone else or it might have even just been me saying I'm gonna I'm just gonna keep showing up that's all I can do even if this person is upset or doesn't understand why I got this over them or why I was considered in the first place if I keep showing up eventually people are gonna say okay all right I get it I get it right <laughs> you know maybe maybe this person is doing something right but I think that's a, a lesson for a lot of things, not just your workspace, but also like your relationships and your family, like just keep showing up and eventually things will fall into place and people will hear you out and things will work out. And, but you have to keep, you have to keep showing up. Yeah, 100%. Um, let's dial, dial off of work for a little bit. We need to backtrack like way back to the beginning on this. Right, before we end soft mess situation <laughs> i feel like you know what i'm going to mention are you gonna mention the fact that this was not your pick for name oh no oh okay no. <laughs> um everybody look at me right <laughs> do you think i can wrap a present beautifully wow okay all right so i made the mistake of walking into serena's house one day and thinking that the present that maybe didn't look as beautiful as it could have been i assumed very poorly very societally of me that sabrina must have wrapped it because she is masculine the stereotypes strike again <laughs> the bad the worst part <laughs> the worst part is i am masculine and i do all the wrapping in the house because it's beautiful i should have known better that was it was it was a slur in my house oh my god 
Because Kaylin did this to me in my own home. I need to make a formal apology. This has turned into an apology video. <laughs> I would never use black tape on top of wrapping paper. Oh my god. <laughs> Duct tape. I crease my corners, thank you. I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed. <laughs> I didn't know that uh, this episode would embarrass me so greatly. Wow. Okay. Everybody makes mistakes. <laughs> what is that, Hannah Montana? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Oh, my gosh. This has now turned into a Hannah Montana, Hannah Montana podcast. That's fine. Okay, well, I am sorry. I'm sorry I didn't like you when I first met you. Dang. I'm sorry. I assumed that you are a bad present rapper. <laughs> this is why there is a no pressure space for us to show up as we are and learn from our mistakes. It's okay. Honestly, <laughs> I live for the days when somebody's like, wow, that's really you. This is how you are. Yeah. 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 Get your stereotypes off me. 100%. That's fair. That's fair. Well, jumping back to work. Some of us have to go to work. Not me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so today's kind of a shorter podcast, a little cozy podcast, but we got deep. We had some deep conversations. We did. We and had. I think uh, I think in the next episode, maybe we'll dive more into those stereotypes and obviously y'all know that we're open to feedback to all kinds of things we didn't have any hopefully i haven't edited yet but we haven't had any technical issues with the mics knock on wood i don't have wood it's fine we're almost done um and you know if there's something that you want to touch on that you want us to touch on we're here we are queer <laughs> and we're ready to fail i can't <laughs> We had that sign at our door for a long time. We're here and we're queer? Yeah. Classic. Yeah. You have to tell people. Somehow. It's like a beacon. Like, this is a safe place. <laughs> That's exactly what I wanted to feel like, actually. <laughs> like, I promise there's nothing you can't tell me that would, like, be wild. Yeah. We're cool. It's cool. Quick little joke before we leave. Sabrina brought some coffee beans over, but when I told Abby... Sabrina's gonna bring some beans over. Abby said, Pinto beans. Stop. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> oh my goodness. Maybe next time. Maybe next time we'll have some beans. Today we had coffee and tacos. Uh, next time we'll have rice and beans. Classic. Oh my gosh, I love rice and beans. We'll have a cookout. We had a, a cookout yesterday. A little Garnier. It was just me and Abby. Okay. Don't, don't feel like you were left out. I was like, wow. No. So, okay. So real quick, real quick story before we end, just to end on the, the, a little bit of a lighter note. Abby comes to me on Friday and she goes, um, I want to have a cookout tomorrow. And I'm like, okay. I said, what do you want to make? And she goes, yeah, let's make some fajitas, some sausage, some poppers, some rice. I'm going to make some, some salsa, right? And I'm like, all right, who are we inviting to this? And she was like, no one. And I was like, girl, <laughs> you eat like a child. I eat like a bird. Who's going to eat all this food? And she was like, I just thought it would taste good. Like, it just sounds good. And I'm like, okay, so we did. That's what we did last night. I'm going to take you to work with some poppers. Because 
We, Abby literally makes all this food, right? She makes poppers, she makes some rice, she makes all the stuff that she wanted to make. We each probably ate one piece of sausage and like four pieces of fajita meat and we each ate a popper. I'm disgusted. <laughs> Do you want some lunch for work? <laughs> I already have, somebody already gave me lunch yesterday for work. Wow, rip. And they served chili at work, so I ate the chili yesterday. I'm gonna eat the food that was given to me today. Okay, well this podcast is over. Oh, <laughs> we're never doing this again. Just um, kidding. I will say my favorite part about this episode is that I finally have a camera to look into. Like a reality TV show. Oh no. And we're gonna have to get into that conversation next time. Absolutely. And just so y'all know, um, I'm hoping that we, you will see us grow and succeed and upgrade um and maybe you can be a part of that journey and we super appreciate all of the support we got absolutely like absolutely. first episode kind of kind of wild uh, y'all are y'all are amazing yeah the, the shares and everything uh we appreciate the support 100 percent. it was overwhelming absolutely well my name's kaylin and i'm sabrina and this is soft mask podcast bye Thank you.